This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is your host, Sean Daly. When you think of green, eco-friendly vehicles, what do you think of? Well, if you're like most people, what likely comes to mind is the image of a car along the lines of Toyota's highly popular Prius, or perhaps GE's EV1, the topic of a now-famous documentary called Who Killed the Electric Car? While these cars represent major milestones in the history of fuel-efficient vehicles, they have not excited that segment of the car-buying population who wants it all. Fuel efficiency, environmental friendliness, and the pizzazz and amenities associated with a luxury sports car. Until now, consumers in the market for such vehicles have been frustrated by a number of setbacks by various manufacturers offering such vehicles, with canceled productions, delivery delays due to financial hardships, and other missteps that have left and very much kept high-end green car consumers in the waiting lines. And while the Tesla supercar from Tesla Motors has dominated the news for the majority of the past several years, the company has been beset by a number of financial hardships and setbacks at corporate management and production levels that have left some wondering if they will ever see the arrival of their vehicles. My guest on today's program is not your average green car designer. Considered something of a legacy in the luxury automobile industry, the 45-year-old master designer Henrik Fisker is famous for an array of well-known luxury class automobiles, including the BMW Z8, Aston Martin DB9, and the Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Henrik's latest and much-anticipated design achievements are the Fisker Karma luxury plug-in hybrid sedan and its convertible cousin, the Fisker Karma S. With delivery scheduled for late 2009, Henrik joins me today to discuss the car, the company, his background, and the state of the luxury hybrid vehicle market. So Henrik, thanks for being with us on Green Talk Radio. Thank you, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. So the Fisker Karma is an exciting story in an industry that's riddled with a lot of bad news right now happening alongside the economic downturn in the U.S. and TARP money going out and specifically with the problems in the automotive industry. So I'd really like to start with your story within that story. Can you tell us about your career background and what led you to where you are today with Fisker Automotive and bringing the Fisker Karma to market? Well, back in uh, 1989, I started my career with a BMW in Germany where I designed the BMW Z8 and... Uh, was involved, of course, in, in a lot of other cars there as well. And then in 2000, I uh, left the Ford Motor Company where I joined Aston Martin that was owned by Ford at that point in time and designed the DB9 and the V8 Vantage, all of those being, uh, of course, uh, high-powered sports cars. Uh, and, and I really love sports cars, and I love beautiful, fast cars. So in 2007, you know, we really start seeing a change uh, towards, you know, people looking for, uh, more green vehicles, uh, the Chioda Hybrid was coming out, etc. And I met a gentleman from a company called Quantum Technologies where I became aware of a technology, uh, the plug-in hybrid technology that was really uh, originally done by this company for uh, a military vehicle called the Aggressor. And when I saw this powertrain, I, I realized that this could be the powertrain of the future because we would be able to 
get, you know, easily 100 miles per gallon with such a drivetrain and still have, you know, four or 500 horsepower. So really in 2007, uh, we decided uh, to use this powertrain, new type of powertrain, and design a car around it because it has different configuration than a normal uh, gasoline engine. So uh, when we designed this uh, new vehicle, we really designed it around the powertrain, and that was really the start of, of Fisk Automotive and the Fisk Karma, and, and we actually quite easily got venture capital uh, uh, and raised money for, for this company. Uh, we saw a lot of people were very interested to invest into that because they could see uh, the immense possibilities uh, for this type of drivetrain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in this market, particularly with the higher end or luxury class hybrid vehicles, there's been a really big disconnect between the dream, which uh, you know I think the Fisker Karma represents, uh, being offered by marketing departments, and, and the reality of sort of what you can actually purchase at the dealership at this point and take delivery on. And um, why do you think so many other companies have had such a difficult time getting their PHEVs to market, and how has Fisker circumvented these issues? Well, I think first of all, we set ourselves up as a pure automotive car company, meaning we hired everybody from the automotive industry. I personally knew a lot of the people that I hired. And uh, to create this team of automotive expertise from all over the world, I think gave us a different perspective because we know how difficult it is to make a car. We know we have to fulfill all the crash rules. We know about uh, manufacturing, how difficult it is. So I think that that gave us a, a different uh, uh, view on, on how to create a car company. We also made a different uh, business model for a car company. Uh, as well as um, we, you know, looked at how we were going to manufacture the vehicle. So we we took some different steps, and I think it's not an easy task uh, to make a new car, but it's definitely very difficult, obviously, to make a new car with new technology. And I think a lot of the big car companies have simply postponed this difficult task uh, because nobody came out with something they had to compete with. Of course, now we're coming out with a plug-in hybrid vehicle this year, and I think that will probably force the hand of a lot of the larger car makers to start speeding up as well. Uh, and, of course, we still feel we have a, a, you know, a couple of years ahead of everybody where we have the market for ourselves, which is you know, good for us. So currently, and good for those who are waiting for these vehicles, uh, currently you have just the two vehicles announced. Is that correct? You have the Fisker Karma and the Fisker Karma S, the convertible version? Well, we, we start with the delivery of the four-door Fisker Karma, the two, two-door uh, convertible, the Sunset, we really uh, put into production in 2011. We're a small car company, so we cannot introduce too many cars at the same time. Uh, so the first uh, Fisker Karmas will be delivered at the very end of this year, and then sort of the mass production, if you want, really starts uh, beginning of next year when we start delivering uh, to us the mid-year 1,200 cars a month. So it's quite a lot of, of cars. We will we will do eventually 15,000 cars a year. So far, we are, we are on target with everything. That's great. And so 15,000 cars a year, is that expected for 2010? Uh, 2010, because we do a slow ramp up, we will only do about 7,500 cars. Okay. And so in 2009, I know that you're scheduled for delivery for 2009. Are you still on time for that? Yeah, we'll deliver a few cars in the very end of 2009. Uh, so we're still on schedule for that. Uh, they will be mostly for some of our very first investors and, uh, uh, you know, PR cars and, and, and stuff like that, dealer cars. And then the customer deliveries really start in the beginning of 2010, second quarter of 2010. 
Okay, great. Well, we're going to take a break right here. I have a lot more questions for Henrik. Uh, specifically, we're going to hear about what's under the hood and some of the performance specs on the vehicle. And uh, we have a couple questions from uh, some of our Twitter uh, readers and listeners from the greenlivingideas.com site uh, and listeners to Green Talk Radio. So we'll be back with those questions. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll be right back. My, my guest today is Henrik Fisker. He's the CEO and lead designer at Fisker Automotive and the man responsible for the much-anticipated luxury plug-in hybrid vehicles, the Fisker Karma and the Fisker Karma S Convertible. And we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. We're back on Green Talk Radio. We're talking on plug-in hybrid electric vehicles and luxury electric vehicles today. And my guest is Henrik Fisker. He is the CEO and lead designer at Fisker Automotive and the man responsible for the much-anticipated luxury plug-in hybrid vehicles, the Fisker Karma and the Fisker Karma S. Henrik, we were talking before the break a little bit about the history and the philosophy behind the company and your structure and how you sort of set things up. Uh, and I grilled you a little bit on uh, delivery days because, you know, we're in a a once bitten twice shy industry, I think right now with a lot of people wondering who's actually going to be able to deliver. And so I think a, a lot of hopes are pinned on, on the Fisker in this segment of the market. Uh, I wanted to dive into really what I think for a lot of people would be one of the more important questions, which is what's under the hood and tell us a little bit about the specs on the Fisker Karma and what we can expect uh, performance wise. Well, <clears throat> the Fisker Karma is a, is a plug in hybrid, which means that uh, the first 50 miles you drive is pure electric power. And after this 50 miles, uh, when you're, when basically you have depleted the battery, then, uh, a small four cylinder gasoline engine, uh, turns a generator. And it's a two liter gasoline engine, uh, with a direct injection turbocharged, uh, 260 horsepower. And then you can continue actually driving another 250 miles. So the total range is 300 miles, like a normal car. Uh, and of course, you can keep on filling up the car and going as far as you want, like a normal car. The advantage with the plug-in hybrid is really that the daily commute is likely to be done in pure electric because most people, 80% in fact of Americans, drive less than 50 miles a day. And you can plug in this car at home in your normal 110 uh, volt outlet or your 220 where your wash and dryer is. And uh, it, it'll take you only uh, you know, three, four hours on average to charge the car. Uh, so it's fairly easy. Uh, and then uh, the car itself has 400 horsepower at the rear wheels, uh, driven by two electric motors wow. with a, basically a one-speed uh, transmission. So you have a seamless acceleration from zero to the top speed of 125 miles an hour, uh, and zero to 60 is in uh, less than six seconds. So it's a pretty fast vehicle. Uh, you have that is fast. Uh, we have the largest, yeah, we have the largest solar, uh, curved solar roof in the world on a vehicle. Uh, and that helps actually cool down the interior without using any electricity. So that means when you go out and start the car, if it's parked outside and it's hot, you don't use so much electricity to cool down the car with air condition. You can also flip a button so it can charge, help charge the car. Of course, uh, the solar panel cannot charge the car by itself, uh, but you can get equivalent of five to seven miles a week if you would leave it outside. So, you know, it's just an extra benefit. Uh, the car will also come standard with 22-inch wheels, so the, the performance and the uh, drivability of this vehicle will be really like a, a large, luxurious sports sedan. Are there any options on the car, or is it pretty much loaded by default with everything you could possibly want? Well, we only offer three versions, meaning we have the base, which, which is pretty loaded with navigation system. We have a 10.6-inch uh, large, uh, the largest navigation chart. It's actually a haptic touch control screen 
where most of your functions are integrated. Uh, we offer then an Eco Sport version, which is full leather interior with a premium sound system. And then we offer something brand new that actually we had customer requested, uh, which is an animal-free interior where we use Alcantara and bamboo viscose. And we also use wood from the California fires, which has been sandblasted and retrieved. So we don't cut down any trees uh, with the wood we use in the car. So it's a very ecological interior. So it sounds like this is endemic for you now in your design philosophy. It's not just a high-end car guy who's stepping down to make an eco-friendly vehicle because it's sort of a gimmick. It sounds like this is something that's really changed uh, your philosophy, uh, your environmental concerns. Is, is that true? Is this going to also spill over into uh, other vehicles that you design in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, I, think, I think the world is changing. I think we're all aware that we have to do something to keep uh, the, the nature and the environment and, and the lifestyle that we like. Uh, and we, we have to do an effort. And I think everybody will somehow be challenged to do an effort in their area. I mean, you're broadcasting, you know, about green technology, which is your area, and my area is car design, and I feel somehow obliged to do my part, and that will be to design, you know, environmental vehicles for the future. My philosophy, however, is that because something is environmental friendly, it doesn't mean it has to be boring. Uh, so I believe that we're able to design exciting, beautiful, sexy vehicles in the future, which are environmental, you know, uh, good or correct. And, and that's something where, personally, I feel it's, it's a direction that uh, it's unavoidable. We have to do it if we want to save our environment and also if we want to, you know, lower our dependence on, on import of foreign oil. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and this has been really the area of lack in the market. Uh, it's been the neglected segment. You know, it's not everybody, it's reasonable to say that not everyone is going to want to drive a Prius as, as good as that car is and as much of a sort of a watershed event as the release of that car was. Um, it's something that does not apply. One size does not fit all with any product in any market. So uh, we're, we're certainly uh, excited to see this. One question that comes up quite a bit, Henrik, is uh, regarding the servicing of vehicles, especially with the smaller car companies, there's some concern about, you know, where can I go to get my vehicle service? Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, two, first of all, I will say on electric vehicle and a plug-in hybrid vehicle, you have obviously a lot less service than a normal gasoline engine powered vehicle. The reason is that even the gasoline engine, when it turns on a plug-in hybrid, it's not really operated by the driver. It's operated by a computer and it only runs uh, within a very tight range of RPM. So it's almost like a generator that runs for 50 years in Africa, you know, powering, you know, a hospital or something. So the, the gasoline will last very long. Electric motors generally last very long and are very easy to service because there are very few parts in them. We don't have a gearbox, which makes it very simple. Uh, this this um, uh, drivetrain came from the military and it had to be very reliable. But when you, if you do need service, uh, we will have a total of a little bit more than 40 dealers or retailers here in the U.S. We're actually going to announce the first 25 retailers uh, by the end of this month. And this is all premium retailers, which are already a running car dealership, so they know what they're doing. They're going to be servicing the cars. We're going to have uh, unique Fisker uh, showrooms. And then we will have, obviously, service base. So service is going to be taken care of, obviously, with, uh, you know, the amount of cars we're selling, uh, you're still going to see that we're an exclusive brand. Uh, and you may have to drive to get your car serviced, but we will have dealers servicing our car. And, and maybe the advantage is that uh, what we've already seen with our dealers is that the way created 
the incentive for the dealer is really he has to make money on selling the car, not on servicing the car. And what most of your listeners maybe would be interested to hear is that today, most car dealers actually don't make any money selling the car. They make all the money servicing and repairing mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're going to change around. Well, that's that's good to hear because that does seem like sort of an odd business model to a lot of car owners and uh, isn't always the most consumer-friendly thing. So that's that's encouraging to hear. Uh, well, we have a few questions that came in from some of our Twitter followers that I mentioned before the break. And uh, one was from – and for those of you who are on Twitter and are interested in following this show, it's at Green Talk Radio on Twitter and Green Living Ideas is at Green Living Idea because we ran out of characters there. You can't have the S uh, on Twitter. And the first question comes from Corey O'Brien at Corey O'Brien. And he wanted to ask, Henrik, uh, he wanted to ask you, where do you get your inspiration from and who, what uh, do you see as your biggest competition? Well, my, my inspiration I really get from all over the world. I travel kind of a lot. I just came back from Geneva, Switzerland last week. And, you know, I, whether it's old buildings, if it's you know, a beautiful sculpture or, or other cars, you know, I, I like to look at old cars from the 50s and 60s, you know, so it, it really depends. It, it can come from anywhere, my inspiration. I think as a designer today, you need to understand generally what's going on in the world and you've got to get inspiration from all over the world because I think it's important to design specifically cars that really can be sold worldwide. I think one of the things that we have missed here in the U.S. is actually to be able to export our vehicles. That's something Japan and Europe has been really good at and why they've probably done better. So I get my inspiration from all over the world. When it comes to competitors, we don't see the smaller electric car companies uh, like Aptera or Tesla really being our competitor because they're pure electric cars. And I think they're much more directed towards a certain enthusiast group that will live with the range limitation. We really see eventually our competitors will probably be some of the established car companies, but we do feel we have an, an edge because we are going to position ourselves as a pure green car company only making plug-in hybrids. And I think that is going to make a very clear brand statement. So when the consumers or our customers drive our cars, everybody will be aware that it's a plug-in hybrid because that's the only thing we make. And I think that's something where we can stand out from even the older car companies, which which will probably have multi-personalities in that respect. Great. Well, thank you for that. Our second question comes from Gina, uh, at Gina1M on Twitter. She'd like to know what Fisker's thoughts on the Porsche hybrid Cayenne are and how it compares to the Karma. Well, I think most of the uh, hybrids that are coming out right now are what we call mild hybrids. So you may get a fuel efficiency that are, you know, 5, 10, 15, maybe 20% better than a normal car. And again, if you're serious about doing something for the environment, we need something much more radical. I mean, to improve your fuel efficient, efficiency maybe by 10 or 15%, yeah, of course you're doing something, but imagine if you weekly, in your weekly drive to and from work, don't use any fuel at all. Then you're talking about something dramatic. So if you decide that you want to have a plug-in hybrid and contribute that dramatically, then I don't even think you're going to think about a Porsche KN hybrid or even a, or the Lexus hybrid. I mean, the Lexus hybrid is uh, the big LS 600 is doing, I think, 22 miles per gallon. You know, with our car, you don't need to use any fuel in your daily commute. And on average, over a year's use, we're estimating most consumers will easily be able to do 100 miles per gallon. So I think the fact that our car is so radical, uh, we don't really, again, see cars like the Porsche Cayenne as, as a real competitor. And I think really 
those type of hybrids are a sort of in-between solution until people start adopting the plug-in hybrid. Speaking of adoption, can you share any figures with us? This is from me now. That, that was the last reader question. Um, can you share any figures for pre-orders on either of, or both of the vehicles to date? Well, on the on the four-door, we have right now over 1,000 uh, pre-orders. So we have sold out well into mid-2010. So if you order a car today, you will first get it you know, after mid-2010. And we're getting orders daily, and we expect that to explode when we announce our dealers because we haven't announced any yet. So this is just purely uh, down payments that's sent to us, you know, from ordering the car on, on our webpage, basically. Uh, so, you know, we feel very comfortable with, with uh, how the sales are going for the vehicle right now. Great. Well, Henrik Fisker has been my guest today. He's the CEO and lead designer at Fisker Automotive and the man responsible for the much-anticipated, very cool-looking luxury plug-in hybrid vehicles, the Fisker Karma and the Fisker Karma S Convertible. And you can find them online at FiskerAutomotive.com or specifically Karma.FiskerAutomotive.com. Henrik, it was a real pleasure having you on the program today. We really appreciate it, and we wish you much luck with the release of these vehicles and in the future in general. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.